Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 494th episode of Travel Edge Radio. I'm your host, Roger Noriga, pinch hitting for the regular coast, as you know, Dan Schlossberg, along with co-host Mary Ellen Nugent Lee. And we're in our 12th season of Travel Edge Radio, the show that lets you enjoy the pleasures of travel from the comfort of your armchair. Every week at this time, we talk to people representing destinations, hotels, airlines, railroads, car rental companies, and others in the world of travel and hospitality, from authors and bloggers to broadcasters and publicists. If it's got anything to do with travel, it's got everything to do with Travelage Radio. Tonight, we welcome Phil Whitinger, owner of Whitinger PR at Lake Tahoe, and an expert on everything that goes along the South Shore, including the American Century Celebrity Golf Championship. Welcome, Phil, to Travel Edge Radio. Hey, guys, it's nice to be with you, Roger, Mary Ellen. Looking forward to the talk. And before we get into it, I do want to invite you guys out, but I want to tell you, please bring your snow shovels because we are getting bombed out here. Once again, it's been a big, big winter, and uh, we'd love to see you out here. Oh, my goodness. Well, we I'm here in New York, and we haven't had any snow, so I can't help being a little bit envious. <laughs> well, Mary Ellen, i got to tell you something. When you have 560 inches of snow and we're entering our biggest month for snowfall historically, you're in for a big winter. We've been shoveling out, digging out, everything else, but it's great for a lot of the things that are going on in this area uh, as far as a nice long winter season for people to enjoy skiing and boarding and writing, and uh, it should help with the California drought out in this neck of the woods, and a lot of great things from, from all the snow that's, that's dropping and, you know, building up the reservoirs and everything else. So uh, we're waiting for a nice long winter season to continue. Well, that's super. Now, first, Phil, please tell our listeners where Lake Tahoe is and what makes it so appealing not only to celebrities but to visitors in all seasons. Well, I'll tell you what, as far as location – Think of uh, California and Nevada, and it's right where Nevada elbows California in the ribs. How's that? We're about 200 miles northeast of San Francisco, about 110 northeast of Sacramento, and about 465 miles north of Las Vegas. Wow. I remember the water of Lake Tahoe being such a beautiful cobalt blue, and I hear it's so pure that many people use it as drinking water without a filter. Is that still true? Well, it can be. I mean, we've got uh, it's 99.7 percent pure. Um, there's, you know, there's 160,000 public water systems in the United States. 60, 60 of those systems possess filtration avoidance permits, and of those 60, six of them are at Lake Tahoe. So, yeah, you wow. put a pipe down deep in the lake, and you can drink it straight out if you want. How's that? Excellent. I've actually seen Lake Tahoe from the air, so. I understand its circumference is something like 72 miles, small enough to see the whole scene on a scenic drive in a single day. Is that right? 
You got it, Roger. That You nailed it. It's uh, 22 miles long, 12 miles wide, and the circumference is about 72 miles. And it's a great, you know, great time to uh, take a tour. It takes about, an, you know, if you nonstop, you're going to get around it in about an hour and a half. But you want to spend a half a day, make a bunch of stops, stop at some restaurants, stop at some beaches, and really enjoy the sights along the way. It is beautiful. I've been up there myself. Maybe we can talk about that in another episode in the future. But speaking okay. of the future, let's talk history, if I may. The Gold Rush, All the right. Pony Express, the Transcontinental Railroad, and, of course, the ill-fated Donner Party. All are vital parts of Lake Tahoe's past, right, Phil? They are. You know, and when you, when you think about history, I mean, the Pony Express was the first. That was back in 1860, and it only lasted for 18 months because in 1861, the Transcontinental Telegraph came into play, and that pretty much put the Pony Express out of business. So, uh, But the Pony Express, it did connect California to the rest of the United States and helped, you know, start, got some attention and started leading people to massive migration out here, quite frankly. I mean, the, you know, the gold, the Transcontinental Railroad did that um, as well. That brought a lot of people out here, and then when you think of uh, the gold rush, obviously it was 1848 when they found uh, when they found gold in Coloma, California, which is about 65, 70 miles from here, uh, John Marshall, and um, that really brought people out. I mean, about 300,000 people came out over the next 10, 15 years. About half of them came over through ocean routes, and others, the other 150,000 came over the California Trail. So uh, that brought a lot of people out here. A number of people came through this neck of the woods, saw it. Some of them stayed. Some tried to make their fortunes in gold. And uh, a lot of them came back up here when, they, when, their, when their plans didn't quite pan out, pun intended. Oh. <laughs> I, very good, Phil. I appreciate that. I understand the Pony Express ran through South Lake Tahoe. And it parallels the uh, Highway 50, right? It does. It's right along our main drag, as we call U.S. Highway 50. At, at Harris Tahoe, um, they still have a statue out in front of a Pony Express rider. It's, it's classic. And then a mile down the road, there is the old Friday Station, which is the only existing Pony Express station left in the state of Nevada. And it's a beautiful, beautiful old building. So, yeah, mm. but they ran the horses through. Wow. You know, I was there at Harrah's some months ago, and I can't believe I missed that. I'm going to have to go up there and check it out again. But anyway, um, we are, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking Tahoe tonight with Phil Wenninger of Wenninger Public Relations. It's a wonderful evening right here on Blog Talk Radio, Travel Edge Radio, folks. Now, Phil, is the name Tahoe taken from the indigenous people who used to live there? It is. I mean, the, the the people that discovered Tahoe are the Washoe Indians. And while John C. Fremont gets credit as the first, you know, white person to to cite Lake Tahoe and to document it back in 1844, they were here a couple thousand. They were a couple here a couple thousand years before then. So, um, <laughs> and Tahoe is, you know, Tahoe's had a couple different names. It, it was originally called Lake Bonpland. And then it was named Lake Bigler after a California governor, and I'm glad to see we didn't stick with that with politics. <laughs> and uh, so it became uh, the the uh, showing word for big water. So that's what Tahoe translates to. Now, a very speaking of living there, <laughs> speaking of living there, what's the year-round population, and how much bigger does it get in the peak periods, like the summer months? 
Well, summer months is the is the big time of year. Right now, we're having a huge winter, obviously. So the t- mm-hmm. two main seasons are winter and summer. Um, we probably have about 15 million visitors a year throughout the lake on the north on the north shore of Lake Tahoe and the south shore of Lake Tahoe as well. Um, the population for year-round population is probably about 55,000, with about 35,000 at the south end and uh, the balance up at North Shore. So it's, it gets busy, especially in the summertime. I'd say we'd get about 60, 65% of our visitors during those four months or so. So you can figure out with, a, you know, with 15 million people how many we'll have up here during that, during that uh, summer season. Mm-hmm. Now, you were talking snow. Because of its elevation, can Lake Tahoe get snow any day of the year? Uh, you know, August is pushing it. I think we've had we've had <laughs> snow recorded, you know, every month of the year. But I, I've seen it snow three or four times in June. I can tell you that in my years here. Um, but July and August, not usually. But, um, yeah, it does. I mean, because of the elevation, where, you know, the lake level is 6,225 feet. So, um, you're going to get, you know, cold, cool winter night, cool, I mean, cool summer nights, even though the, the weather in the summer is, you know, and I know I'm a local here, okay, but the, there's no better place that I've ever been for summer weather because if you like 72 to 80 degrees and, and zero humidity, you're going to love this place. Mm. Wow. You know, Char- Charles Barkley says every year during the Celebrity Golf Tournament, he goes, hey, I love going to Tahoe because it's the only place I don't sweat. So, how about that? That's great. In addition to him, we hear Tahoe attracts 50 million visitors a year. Do they come for winter sports? I know they come for golf, but is it summer sports, sightseeing, or even the gorgeous picture-taking opportunities? All of the above. I mean, you know, we get about, like I said, about 15 million visitors a year, and um, they – Depending on the season, I mean, right now in winter, hey, you know, if you're a powder hound, you're going to love Tahoe. I mean, we're, there's there's 13 downhill ski resorts and 11 cross country. So it has the greatest concentration of skiing in the United States. So you're going to get a ton of skiing up here in the, in the wintertime. Summertime, again, you've got that great weather and all the outdoor activities. Apologize for that, folks. We had technical difficulties. I'm sorry, Phil. That's okay. I, you know, I, I, I was thinking, was that the old Ricky Nelson song? And I'm going, I'm flashing back to that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is. For some reason, it started up again, so I do apologize. But yeah, uh, right. I want to ask you, maybe I've had a little bit too much of what I'm about to ask you. What's the deal with the beer? Oh, was that perfect or what? <laughs> What's the deal with the beer that tastes like pine? I've heard about the brewery at Lake Tahoe with its Needle Peak Ale and South Lake Brewing with its Trailblazer Pale Ale. You're right. They do have that. I mean, the thing that's great about Tahoe is you've got about about eight or nine different uh, places for beer along our beer trail here at the south end of the lake. So there's all kinds of different flavors you can get involved. There's, you know, there's ales, IPAs, lagers, pilsners, You've got you've got the beer that you just described with, at South Lake Tahoe Brewing, and they also have other beers too. I mean, you know, they switch them out. There's a lot of different places that that's called uh, the Angora IPA. They also have, you know, beers that are flavored like mango, pear, and honey. So there's all kinds of there's mm. all kinds of yeah, alternatives there. Wow. So go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I figure. Uh, I, I figure Tahoe went crazy, right? Is it true that the 1960 Winter Olympics put Tahoe on the map? 
You know, for the most part, it did. When that, when the, it was a big surprise that Squaw Valley at the time, it's now named Palisades Tahoe, but Squaw Valley then, um, they threw in a bid and danged if it didn't get picked. And it just, it really did help put Tahoe on the map from that standpoint. It led to a lot of people moving up here. It led to a lot of businesses. And not everything was great. I mean, everything was built real quick. There wasn't, in a number of places, it wasn't real well thought out. But, um, you know, it, we, we've morphed over the years, quite frankly. But, yes, yeah, the, the Winter Olympics in 1960 really did help put Tahoe on the map. You know, back in the 20s, there were a lot of wealthy San Franciscans that used to have summer places up here um, that helped make it famous back then. But, but for the general public, it, it really opened the place up. Wow. No, that's good. That's cool to know. Phil, of course, or yeah. forgive me, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking Tahoe tonight with Phil Wettinger of Wettinger PR. Phil, am I getting the pronunciation of the last name correct? Wettinger. A nice a good German name. What can I tell you? Yeah, my nickname's Dinger. Weidinger. It's a lot easier. What can I tell you? <laughs> Mary Ellen, save me, please. <laughs> so are there enough alternatives to keep non-skiers busy in winter? Oh boy, yeah. If it if it's been thought of, it's been done. But I mean, there's a million things to do up here. If if people aren't into skiing, there's so many other things they can do. I mean, you can go snowmobiling, you can cross country ski if you want, snowshoeing, ice skating, you name it. I mean, the lake doesn't freeze. There's boat rides that are out on the lake. Yes, boats boats that are heated with interiors and whatnot. So um, you can take advantage of that. It's one of the most beautiful places in the world. It really is. So, I mean, if you love to sit back, relax by the fire, have a glass of wine or something a little stronger, you can do that too. It's a beautiful place to just sit back, relax, take some photos and, and just pull the plug, quite frankly. Mm. Well, I want to ask you about some of the local legends. Is it true Mark Twain once set, set a brush fire because he failed to keep an eye on his campfire? Is that true? <laughs> it is true. He did that. It he is. had a friend of his. They used to play pharaoh. They used to sit on the lake up by uh, on the northeast shore, and there was a flat rock that they played on, and they got kind of bored, and they, they had a campfire going, and they walked away. Matter of fact, we have a gentleman up here, uh, by the name of McAvoy Lane, who is a Mark Twain impressionist. And uh, he is he is our Hal Holbrook, quite frankly. He's been all over the world, and he's a great guy. I actually called him and said, hey, what was what happened with that fire? You've been <laughs> accused of that fire. And he says, well, he goes, it really wasn't that big of a fire. He goes, because the Washoe Indians used to cut the low branches off the trees so fires couldn't spread. They were way ahead of us back when it came to fire prevention. And he said, so the fire only went up to the ridge line. It wasn't that far. He goes, but I had to write a book about roughing it in Tahoe. And that was one of the chapters that he wrote about was the fire. And he says, I knew a book wouldn't sell if it, if it wasn't a big fire. So I couldn't say it was a ground fire. I had to say it was our first, uh, it was our first controlled burn, prescribed burn. So <laughs> that's <laughs> He, wow. That's how he described it. He says it really was. It wasn't a wildfire. He says it was more of a prescribed burn. So there you go. <laughs> and was mysterious millionaire Howard Hughes a Tahoe Denison? And is it true uh, Thunderbird Lodge was built by a billionaire who had a pet elephant and included a tunnel that leads to its boathouse? Are those? Are, are, what about those tales? Those are true. Uh, really? Howard Hughes did have a Howard Hughes had a place up here. The other gentleman you're talking to that had the tunnel and the elephant. I'm not sure he was a billionaire, but he was a very wealthy man. 
and his mm-hmm. name was George Wattell. And Wattell had a goal in life, never to work a day in his life. And he achieved that goal. And he was very, very eccentric. He actually owned at one point 37 miles of shoreline of Lake Tahoe, 37 out of 72. But anyway, he did have, he had a pet elephant named uh, Mingo, Mungo, pardon me. And he also had a lion, a pet lion that he named Bill, and he would take the lion with him. He'd drive around in his convertible Duesenberg, and Bill was in the passenger seat, and people remember seeing him. And, uh, you know, that, that was, he was, he used to play poker on his estate, he used to have Ty Cobb, the famous baseball Hall of Famer. I'm sure yeah. Dan would love that story. Oh, um, yeah. But, yeah, so Ty Cobb used to come up, Ty Cobb lived in Reno for a while, and he was, you know, he was, he was a wild man from what everybody says, and he used to come up and play poker with him all the time. So, in uh, that tunnel, was about a 600-foot tunnel that left, that went from that poker room a special building that they had there to play cards underground to his uh, to where his boat, the Thunderbird, was, and that's why they call it the Thunderbird Lodge. And the boat was a 55-foot mahogany boat, absolutely spectacular. Still sails on the lake. Bill Hara of Harrah's bought it, put a couple airplane engines in it, and people today, when they see that, they jump up from every place they are. They'll hear that boat before they see it. But it's a spectacular piece of Tahoe history. It really is. Oh, fantastic. And who are some of the other actors, politicians, and celebrities who also bought places on Lake Tahoe? I, I oh, heard one of them a... is Helen Mirren, co-star of the new Helen... TV series, 1923. Helen Mirren is a Tahoe resident. Yes, she's up here. Yes. You know, a, a number of people have seen her at the local, even at the local grocery store. So she's not, you know. She's down to earth. I mean, there's been a lot of celebrities up here, quite frankly. I mean, you know, Kevin Nealon used to have a place up here. Jeremy Renner has a place. Oh. You know, Jeremy was recently injured in a snow plowing accident, yeah. but be here he's yeah. doing a lot better. You know, Good. Mike Love of the Beach Boys lives here. Uh, Captain and Tennille. Um, Larry Ellison has a place here. Leonard Nimoy, Mr. Spock, used to live here. Bruce Stern, the actor, obviously uh, Frank Sinatra, Marilyn Monroe, Sammy Davis were all up here too. So there's been a lot of folks through the years. Donna Summer was up here. Mark Twain, we know Mark Twain was up here as we've talked about. So, yeah, there's been a lot of folks up here over the years. Oh, my goodness. And if if people are, um, you know, just walking around, can you see these celebrities? I mean, if they, if you're just, if a visitor comes to Lake Tahoe? Well, they might. I mean, you know, but that's why that's why we have the annual American Century Championship too. So, I mean, you're going to see, you know, more than 80 celebrities playing that golf tournament every July. Oh wow! Well, I know we were talking we were talking about money before about our our friend at the Thunderbird Thunderbird Lodge. Uh-huh. What's the deal with Ursa Mater? Is is she a bear built for Burning Man, made out of? American and Canadian pennies. Where can visitors find her? Yeah, that uh, that was that was a funny thing that happened. They got together, and decided, hey, let's let's make it. Let's get all these Amer- let's get all these pennies, put them together, and we'll make a bear. And that's what they were did. And the plan was to you know bring that bear down to Burning Man, to the black for uh, the black desert in uh, outside of Reno back in mm-hmm. 2017. But they decided to keep that 
Ursa Bear up at uh, Tahoe City. So she's still on display and up there. So all made of pennies, Canadian and U.S. So it's kind of an attraction. People love to chuckle with that one. Wow. So 200,000 pennies? Well, that's the – I don't know who's counted them, to be honest with you, Marilyn, <laughs> but that's what they say. So. <laughs> Well, say. we're counting here, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, sorry about that, Phil. We are counting. This is the 494th episode of Travel Itch Radio, now in our 12th season. Of course, with Dan Schlossberg, who's off this week, and Mary Ellen Nugent Lee. Check us out on iTunes or blogtalkradio.com, or visit the Travel Itch Radio Facebook page. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking tonight with Phil Whitinger of Whitinger Public Relations. If I may, let's talk natural attractions. Um, are the aspens around Lake Tahoe called the quaking aspens because Lake Tahoe, like most of California, Nevada, and of course I'm from California, is vulnerable to earthquakes? How many fault lines run through the area? <laughs> that's, a, that's a cute question. We do have fault lines that run through the area, there's no doubt about it. But I think they're called quaking aspens because of the round leaves. And when the wind blows, those leaves shimmy and shiver. So I think it, it meant like they were in an earthquake, and I think that's where the name came from. But, hey, that's the name that they call them, Quaking Aspens. But, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful sight to see in the, in the fall months when, those, when they turn colors. That's cool. I, I, now, I get to ask another number question because Mary Ellen asked about the 200,000 pennies. I understand <laughs> that someone may have counted the, the trees in the Tahoe Basin, Twenty four million three hundred and thirty three thousand and forty. Really? <laughs> yeah, we just had a group of about twelve people go out and count those last week. So I'm only kidding. I mean, I'm a, we, you know, I've heard ranges of trees anywhere from seventeen million to twenty, like you just said, over twenty four million, and the majority of them are uh, are pines and firs, but. Uh, it's one of the things that makes Tahoe so special because it's just sweet smelling and, you know, beautiful air and with the scenery and whatnot and the fact that, you know, about 90% of the land up here is still under U.S. Forest Service and state agency control keeps those trees out there and beautiful. So it, it really adds to the, the spectacular setting and, you know, one of the great natural places to visit in the country. Now, for someone considering hiking the Tahoe Rim Trail, Callahan, oh. how long is it? The Tahoe Rim Trail uh, goes along the ridge line surrounding the lake. We talked a little bit earlier about the you know the lake circumference of 72 miles. The Tahoe Rim Trail, the Tahoe Basin, is about 150 miles. So you better give yourself a few days on that one. Mm-hmm. And I know the water is cold, but does Tahoe attract swimmers? And didn't a teenager once make the 21-mile swim across the lake? Wow. Yeah, it, it does. There's been, a, there's been about seven or eight people that have swum the length of Lake Tahoe, and one of them, the, the young man that you mentioned, was 14 years old. His name was James Savage, and he's from mm. California. And he, <laughs> he accomplished that goal back in 2021. So, um, you know, quite a great record. Uh, you know, you got to love that. And then uh, that that's a uh, you – know, you know, think about it. That water's very cold. I mean, summertime, um, it's really refreshing. Okay, you can swim in it. In the, you can definitely swim in it in the summertime. I mean, it, it gets up to about 65, 65 degrees, and uh, 
the winner, the winner, you better have a wetsuit. Put it that way. Mm. Now you mentioned Lake Tahoe is kind of shaped like a giant basin. So, are there multiple creeks and rivers running into it, but only one outlet? That you nailed it. I mean, there's about uh, the latest count I think was like 63 tributaries that feed it from the mountains with the snow melt and whatnot. And there's one place to release it, and that's up in Tahoe City, which is on the northwest corner of the lake. And there's a bridge up there. There's a dam. And the bridge that goes over it is called Fanny Bridge. And the reason it's called Fanny is because everybody's bent over looking down. And when you drive by, that's all you see are a whole bunch of fannies. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Now, isn't it the largest alpine lake in the U.S.? I think you said the elevation is 6,225 feet above sea level, and you mentioned right. the surrounding peaks were 11,000 feet. Yeah, the tallest peak up here is almost is Treel Peak, F-R-E-E-L, which is about well, almost 11,000, not quite. And then mm-hmm. um, Mount Talak is the tallest that's on the lake itself, which is about 9,500 feet. But yeah, it is the, it's that size of a lake. Yes, it's a huge one. It's, you know, from an alpine lake standpoint, we're up there. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. We're talking Tahoe tonight with Phil Weidinger of Weidinger Public Relations. Phil, what kind of wildlife might a visitor encounter in the area? Because we hear it's home to the fastest animal on earth, the pelican falcon that can fly is it true? Two hundred miles an hour? You know, I don't know that we. I don't know that I've seen a, a, a peregrine falcon up here. We do have bald eagles up here, egrets. I think the the fastest fastest bird up here was Tom Cruise in uh, <laughs> Top Gun Maverick, which was filmed up here uh, when he was flying his uh, F eighteen Super Hornet. So, woohoo! I like that. That that's cool. That's good. <laughs> okay. But all right, fair enough. What's the difference between North and South Lake Tahoe, and where would you recommend out-of-towners stay? Well, North, you know, when people hear North Lake Tahoe and then they hear South Lake Tahoe, they, sometimes they wonder, hey, is that two different lakes? No, we're one, we're one large lake. There's the north end of the lake and the south end of the lake. There are some definite differences. Um, the south end is probably for folks that, you know, we have a, a number of casinos here right on the state line. So there's, you have great recreation in both areas. Um, down at the south end of the lake, it's also great recreation, outdoor recreation and indoor recreation, and it's 24 hours in Nevada. So I think you're going to see, you know, people that want to maybe get a little bit more active with the party down at the south end of the lake. North Shore is beautiful as well, and there's, you know, it's probably a little bit more laid back than the south end. I think that's one way to to say the difference to explain the differences between the two but we always encourage people to visit and drive around the lake and see what they like appreciate that phil you may have already answered this one but i understand lake tahoe rises about 15 inches a year man if that was great for all of california we'd be awesome but is there any real man-made control over it you may have answered this and i'm sorry no, yeah, we we do have a you know we do have the uh, dam up at Tahoe City that releases water into the Truckee River, which goes into Nevada and feeds Pyramid Lake. So, um, and I tell you what, with all the snow that we're having this year, there's going to be a lot of runoff. So get ready for Pyramid Lake to get some water in the Truckee River for people to be able to do some rafting on it. <laughs> yeah, I well, I know you get 
you're getting tons of snow, but don't you also get tons of sunlight? Well, at like 273 sunny or partly sunny days? You're right. It's like, you know, we, we almost say, hey, there's almost 300 days of sunshine throughout the year, even when it snows here. Um, usually we'll get, we can get three or four feet of snow in a day, and the next day the sun will be out, and it's blue skies, it's bluebird type of skiing. So um, that is one of the things that makes the place so attractive. And as I mentioned earlier, summertime, beautiful weather, and not much, uh, you know, it, it's just about 70 to 80 degrees and no humidity, mm-hmm. so it makes it for a beautiful spot. Oh, gorgeous. And if Denver is the Mile High City, shouldn't Tahoe be the Mile High Lake? Isn't it deeper <laughs> than the Empire State Building is tall? You know, we could we could uh, put the Empire State Building about under about 400 feet of water. I think the Empire State Building is about 1,250, and Tahoe itself is about 1,650 uh, feet deep in its deepest part. And the average depth here is 989 feet. So, uh, yeah, it's it's very deep, and yeah, we're a little bit taller than the Empire State Building. How's that? Uh-huh. Oh, and you know, I I can't stop talking about the snow-capped mountains that ring the shoreline. Mm-hmm. Uh, part Sierra Nevada and part Carson Range, would you say? Yep, definitely. Sierra Nevada and the Carson Range help make the you know form the the mountains that surround the lake, and that's you know, and the water sits in that basin. So there you go. We're talking my favorite place on the planet, Tahoe, with Peter Widinger of Widinger Public Relations. I have to ask, what role did Lake Tahoe play in the California Gold Rush? We have ghost towns down here in Southern Cal. Do you have them up there? You know, not too many around here. There's some in, you know, a lot. There's there's more in Nevada than there is in California, quite frankly. But uh, you know, like I said, when the when the folks came through to visit. Uh, Sutter's Mill and, you know, outside of Sacramento, um, during that 15-year period, about 300,000 people came through the area, and that's what really helped lead towards statehood for California as well. So, but as far as the ghost towns, not so many in California, not so many up here in this neck of the woods. Okay, that's cool. That's good to know. Um, when our host, Dan Schlossberg, stayed at Lake Tahoe, he stayed in a hotel on the California side of the street, of course, that would be Dan, because he wanted to be close enough to enjoy the casino across the street in Nevada without getting caught up in the noise or commotion. Is it good for Lake Tahoe to be part of both states? Which is, is it? Well, well, it is what it is. Put it that way. I mean, two-thirds of the lake sits in California and about one-third sits in Nevada. And it makes for some wonderful political play because, obviously, we've got two states and five counties. That's you know that touch upon the shores of Lake Tahoe. So you're going to get all kinds of different opinions as far as how to operate and how to you know how to have fun up here. But yeah, it is. I mean, it, it makes it unusual. It's it's unique. Um, you know, you can step across the street, you're in the Golden State, and then you take two steps and you're in the Silver State. So it makes for a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I've been up there myself. Um, we need to ask you about golf. Well, actually, yeah. Dan wanted to ask you about golf. And specifically sure the enough. annual American Century Championship. It's a televised uh, tournament entering its 34th year this summer. When is it? Where is it? How long the details? Okay. Well, we're looking at January you know, uh, 12th through the 16th. It's played at Edgewood Tahoe Golf Course, which is right on the shore of Lake Tahoe. 
It's televised every year on NBC. American Century Investments is the title sponsor. Matter of fact, this is their 25th anniversary of their title sponsorship of the event. And as far as the as far as the players, I mean, you know, get ready. I mean, it's it continues to get bigger and bigger every year. You've got Justin Timberlake. For, uh, you got Steph Curry, Patrick Mahomes, Miles Teller, Nick Jonas playing. Uh, mm-hmm. Tony Romo is the defending champion. You've got the great Charles Barkley here, uh, Aaron Rodgers. It's, you have like 16 Hall of Famers from various sports that participate. And let Dan know that we have 16 former Major League Baseball players here. I know he's down in Florida at spring training right now, but tell him to come on back here in July and he'll meet some of these guys too. There you go. 16 <laughs> former baseball players. Got it. <laughs> Sorry, Mary Ellen. <laughs> no, no, no. That's so true. He's going to love that. <laughs> yep. Now, I wanted to ask you a geology question. Um, Lake Tahoe, how old is it geologically, and is it one of the oldest lakes in the world? Well, according to the scientists, it's anywhere between three and four million years old. So um, it ma- it does make it one of the oldest, absolutely. Hmm. And we did ask you before: it is Lake Tahoe the second largest lake in the world at that height? It's above sea level. Yes, it is. It's uh, by volume. You know, put it that way. I mean, it's. Above sea level, it's the it's the sixth largest lake in the country by volume, but the second largest alpine. So you've got your facts straight, Mary Ellen. <laughs> Sweet. Now, our listeners always like to learn more about our guests, so please share where you were born, raised, school, how you got into travel and hospitality, and eventually your own PR firm. Tell us more about that. Right. Oh, boy. All right. Well, I'm, I'm a San Francisco native, born and raised, and, uh, you know, journalism degree in college, and I was looking at, you know, the next, you know, Woodward and Bernstein, but I'll tell you what, back then, back then it didn't pay that much, and I took a great class in college. It was about PR campaign, so I decided to get into PR. I worked uh, for a year with the San Francisco 49ers in their, in their PR department. They're, they weren't quite as good then as they are now. They were 2-14 and 14 back then when I, when I was with the when I was with the team. And then uh, I came up to Tahoe in 1980 for a year or two to do public relations for Caesars Tahoe, and that was in uh, 1980. So the year or two has turned into 43, quite frankly. And then after working at Caesars, I went across the street to Edgewood when they had the 1985 U.S. Senior Open Golf Championship, and I was the tournament director for that. And after that, I looked around. And I said, am I going to go back to San Francisco? Or am I going to stay here? And started started my own business here and been doing it since then. Oh, you got hooked. Well, finally, how oh, do Travel Itch Radio listeners learn more about Lake Tahoe? Oh, that's easy. That's an easy one. Just, you know, go to the website, visit lakeTahoe.com. You're going to love it. Hmm. Well, that's the ladies and gentlemen, our guest tonight. All the information you need. <laughs> I apologize. Hey, Phil, do you have a yeah. website for your firm? Yeah, Whitinger, Whitinger, it's WhitingerPR.com, W-E-I-D-I-N-G-E-R, or make it easy, W-E-I-Dinger-P-R.com. <laughs> that was good. I appreciate that. Well, uh, I want to thank Phil. Our guest tonight has been Phil Whitinger, and our subject has been Lake Tahoe. 
Thank you for being a guest on Travel Itch Radio, episode 494. Guys, thank you very much. And 494 is my new favorite number. I'm going to have to go play a lottery ticket or something. <laughs> we did too. Yeah, we All do right. have to. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this edition of Travel Itch Radio. Next week, we'll hear all about Canada's eastern townships with Shaney Haley. This is Roger Noriega along with Mary Ellen Nugent Lee saying thank you for your time this time. Until next time, good night and stay safe. Guys, if you're still...